Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hey, this is Brandon Barras from General Hospital. You're listening to Buzzworthy Radio. I am Jason Thompson from General Hospital. You are rocking it with Navelle on Buzzworthy Radio. Hey, everybody. What's going on? This is Navelle J. Lee, and this is Buzzworthy Radio. It's Tuesday, April 19th, 2011, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time here on blogtalkradio.com and on buzzworthyradio.net. I had the pleasure of speaking with Charles Shaughnessy this morning. We got the chance to talk about his work when he was doing The Nanny, as well as Days of Our Lives, as well as uh, Bus Stop 31 Productions. Very, very cool conversation. I loved it. Great, great actor. And as someone else put it mildly yesterday, uh, I probably was going to have to smoke a cigarette after the show, so... Uh, <laughs> It was a very, it was a very great, it was a very great chat. I, I had so much fun speaking with him, and I'm had the pleasure of sharing it with you. Here is our interview with Charles Shaughnessy. Thank you for speaking with me this morning. Sure, sure, absolutely. I've been a huge. Well, I'm going to start off by saying this: I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time. I unfortunately never got to see you originally on Days of Our Lives as Shane Donovan because I was not old enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Nanny was one of my favorite shows. I loved watching you as Maxwell Sheffield opposite Fran Drescher and the uh, nuances that were on the show, obviously, because of your soap background. Stephen Nichols was on there. Young and Restless was mentioned. Uh, you know, so it, it, it was right. a very, it was very, it was a very fun show. I loved it. And, and it was great. I, I, I watch it even on TV Land to this day. So. Yeah, it stands up. You know, it was it was it's funny. It was a show that uh, at the time I think it got a bit dismissed by a lot of people as being a bit um, over the top and and sort of um, rather frothy. But it actually was smarter than people gave it credit for. It was had a, a it had a sort of um, retro kind of cultural look to it and uh, and style that that's now sort of come back into fashion and people are a whole new audience is enjoying it in reruns which um, many of whom I mean I, a lot of kids that that weren't even born when it was on uh, are watching it now on Nick at Night and enjoying it so it's 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 been a fascinating thing to watch. You hear oh, more phenomenal. You hear more about the nanny now than you had when it was originally on the air. Yeah, absolutely. It's it seems to be much more popular certainly in this country. Um when it was on the air it was very popular in some uh, countries abroad. Uh but it was never really embraced. It had its a you know a decent ratings and a decent audience, but it wasn't across the board and and now it seems to be um much more on the radar than it was then, which is kind of interesting. It's a little frustrating because it sort of keeps as an actor it keeps you sort of frozen in time you know and uh um and it's not like because it's cable you don't get the same um there are no residuals so i'm not getting rich on it it's just uh people are seeing it a lot and so when i go up for uh, try to do other parts i'm i'm still seen a little bit like that you know guy 30 years ago 20 years ago on the nanny (laughs) 
it's a yeah. little it's a little uh, double-edged sword, really. What was your favorite moment of doing that show? I'm sure there was plenty, but you know, is there like any one that sticks out in your mind that you love doing on on that show? Um, you know, um, uh, what, we we did some traveling, which was great. We went to Paris for a couple of days and shot some episodes there. We were actually down in the south of France at the television um, big television sales event at um, Mitcom, and um, we went up to Paris for a couple of days and shot some stuff there for the show, which was you know really nice. Um, and um, um, I'm trying to think. I think we went somewhere else. I think we went to London for a, a little bit too. So we we had some. Uh, we had some nice treats, some sort of perks thrown in, um, but generally, you know, it was it was just. I think it, the the most fun time was, um, I guess, around the second season. I think maybe second or third when um, we uh, really knew we had arrived. We, we it was a very slow start. The show we had a few episodes taped, and then they put us on hiatus for a bit and see how it did and then a few more and see how it did and we sort of eked out the first season um, and it was not really going anywhere and then in the summer they CBS decided to rerun it on Monday nights which was their very strong comedy night and that's when it found its audience in that first summer of reruns so when we came back in the second season we came back with quite an established audience and it began to build through that second season and I think it was somewhere towards the end of that season, or maybe the beginning of the third, where we um, beat our biggest rival, which at the time was a show called Coach. And right. the um, Hollywood Reporter or Variety, I can't remember which, had a, had a headline said, Nanny Spanks Coach. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was, uh, that was very exciting. We kind of knew we had arrived then. Do you think that when they finally put Max and Fran together in the fifth season, towards the towards the middle of the fifth season, uh, do you think that's when it jumped a shark, or do you think that it was like if there was still obviously they went on another season and yeah. there was a bit more story to tell? But do you think that it should not have happened as of yet till the end? Uh, of you know, it's a it's a it's a hard call because. Um, you can only tease it so much, and they came up with a number of kind of pretty inventive ways um, of of teasing that um, with Maxwell proposing and then taking it back, and we got like a huge amount of mileage out of him, him taking it back and her never forgiving him. And, um, and I think in the end, after five seasons, you've kind of got yourself into a corner. You have to, you have to go there. Um, and having done that, um, you've then got to be really smart about sort of recreating it, you know. And there was there was there was a way I think that we could have of um, recreated the show. It was always it always paid homage to Lucy Lucille Ball. You know, mm -hmm. Fran was a big fan of Lucy's comedy, and there was a certain structure to the show and a certain pacing to the show and presentation that was very Lucy Lucille Ball. And where in the Lucy show, um, at some point in time, they moved to Hollywood and it uh, enabled 
Lucy to have all kinds of interactions with the Hollywood actors and she was always trying to get into movies and you know Ricky would be playing his club and and producing movies and um and so we played with the idea of doing that of actually having Max and Fran move to Hollywood uh and sort of continue a, a very sort of because the kids by then would be pretty much grown up and we had the two twins right at the very end so if it had been if it had gone on a seventh season that's probably that's what would have happened and it would be an interesting to see if we could have pulled that off to have made a transition into a very different kind of show with them married like Lucy and Desi um okay. but um getting into her getting into all kinds of scrapes with um celebrities you know which would have i think been um could have been very successful I but it so. wasn't to be it wasn't to be I think it probably would be more successful now, right? Than probably would have been back then, right? Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. It was an interesting time. I think you know, it's 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 hard after six seasons. uh, it, It gets really hard on everyone to keep up the standards. I think that was one of the problems. Was it just gets it's grueling on the writers and. Um, the actors get frustrated. It's like, you know, you're trying to find a way of doing something fresh, and the audience doesn't want anything fresh. They really want their favorite characters to behave in exactly the same way. Uh, it's it's rare that a show goes much longer than that, a, a sitcom. Right. And I, I do want to talk about your, your daytime roots. You, you started on days in 1984 as mm-hmm. a... Shane Donovan, and uh, I've had the pleasure of watching you on that show through clips of YouTube. Thank goodness for YouTube nowadays, mm-hmm. and, and, and your relationships on, on that show, your character with uh, Patsy Pease's character, right? And how that was the super couple. I, I, I've never again had the full blown courage to see it happen live. I, I want to know your experience of doing that, of doing that show for the first time, and then having the chance to come back. Right. Years later. You know, they were... Um, I loved doing... I, I, I loved the soaps. I mean, I, I really enjoyed Days. Um, uh, it was it was a great um, regular gig. You know, you worked really hard with a very fun bunch of people. Um, it quickly got into a sort of routine of sort of showing up to work with this family of people. We would uh, laugh a lot, joke a lot. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and work hard, you know. Um, in those 80s, the golden days of the soaps, they were hugely popular, and the big storylines took up a huge amount of time. We'd be working um, 12-hour days sometimes, and uh, when we uh, were getting ready to go on location, I remember we were, when we went off to England for a couple of weeks, you know, we to get ready for that uh, storyline, we had to get an awful lot of stuff shot in the studio, and I remember working you know, flat out learning pages and pages and pages of dialogue. Um, but it was really fun. It was really, um, it, every day was a different script. Some days they get a bit frustrating. You'd, you'd sort of say the same stupid stuff and you'd have to kind of try to make it work. Sometimes the stories got really so outrageous. But the more outrageous they got, the funnier um, they were to rehearse. You know, we would just spend the day cracking up and then get serious when we had to tape it. But it was, it's like a joke 
to sort of try and do them in rehearsals, you know, right. trying to be serious about some ice crystal that, you know, destroys the world or something. Um, but uh, I, I really enjoyed those days. It just, I did it for eight years, and then after eight years, I just said, I've just got to do something different. You know, if I don't leave now, I'll never do anything else. Right. Um, so I took off uh, uh, the eight years. But I've always enjoyed going back. Every now and again, they'll have Shane come back for a couple of uh, a week or so. The last time was Alice's um, funeral. And uh, it was great. It was like old home week to see the same people. I mean, to reconnect with Patsy and Mary Beth and Matt Ashford and um, the gang. It was it was really um, really fun. And Peter and Christian. And you know, you get very close to those people when we were doing all our 1980s stuff. Peter, Christian, me, Patsy, um, Stephen, and Mary Beth. The six of us were like this. You know, the six. You know, magnificent six. I mean, we did everything right. together and every storyline. And you really kind of get to know each other pretty well. So it was great to see them again. And I, you know, I always enjoy going back. If they asked you to go back, would you go back? Uh, yeah, if it was, if there was a reason for it. I mean, as long as there's a story and a reason. I mean, that was one of the things with the um, the Alice thing. They kind of wanted me to go back just to be at the funeral, and I said. You know, you're, there's going to have to be some reason, some story, you know. So we, they were able to tie up the Shane Kimberley story um, better than it was. It was. It, it had been left very sort of um, unresolved. So they were able to resolve that a bit. Um, but it was very important for me that they resolve something. I had seen uh, a couple of uh, postings, and I believe you had said something in regards to the. Uh, with the announcements that were made last week, losing yeah. all my children, one life to live, do you, you see soaps not as dying as people have said in this right. industry that it is a dying breed? Do you see it surviving elsewhere? Right. I'm. I'm. I. You know. I, call me crazy. I may be wrong, but I think that there is. Um, there's something inherent in the nature of a soap opera, um, which is that it's you, you go back regularly for little bites of information and storyline and, and plot movement on a really regular basis, a daily basis, in fact. And at the same time, you, you the, the fans of a soap opera want to know everything about the characters. They want to know what they're wearing. They want to know what they eat, what they drink, what they feel about things. There's always been this relationship between the fan and the soap opera characters, um, a very intimate relationship. Um, and all those factors seem to me to 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 lend themselves more perfectly to uh, a web-based presentation than a television presentation. I remember with the soaps when they were on, people would watch them while they were on the telephone with their friends. Yeah. So while they're watching, they're on the phone talking about what they're seeing, which is exactly what the web is set up for. You can watch something and be in a chat room or Skyping while you're watching. And the web also allows you to investigate a universe around the actual video content. You could click on a character and have uh, a look at 
you know, what that character is um, saying about something or what they did last week. Um, you know, uh, Hope or Kayla can give you a little uh, look at their wardrobe um, somewhere else and, you know, maybe some recipes for what they had served at the Brady celebration last week. All those things can be done in a web universe far more easily than a than the TV, which is a one-way street. Um, right. The thing about the web is it's two ways. It's interactive. So if they play their cards right and can figure out a way to, to monetize it, to actually bring in some revenue to pay for it, which is the you know bazillion-dollar question on the web, I can see how soap operas as a, as a, as a um, format could thrive on the web. I, I, I think they're perfectly place it's like you know if you if you're traveling and you can just download your you know to the, the week's five episodes you know and you split them into smaller webisodes and you can download them onto your your handheld or your ipad um and watch them in an airport uh and then at the same time go into the chat room and discuss with all the other fans what you think about it i mean that seems to me to be a soap opera watcher's dream Right. So it it just seems like it's a great medium. It's a it's a perfect marriage. It's like the web uh has come along, you know, daytime the 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 kind of expansion of daytime destroyed the soaps. Uh there were too many options. Um but it seems to me that the the web and web content is coming over the horizon with a you know, real possibility that it's the seventh cavalry. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of coming to save the day. It's, it's, it just—I may be wrong, but there are a couple out there that are that are doing this. You know, the, there's, there's Gregory Martin doing the Bay, and right. Crystal Chappelle doing Venice, and there's a few others there, and they're they're struggling to survive, to build up an audience, and to find a way to make revenue so that they can pay for themselves. But we're working on it. I'm working with the Bay <clears throat> with the technology that my brother and I are. I've been working on for six years with a company um, that makes video interactive so that when you're watching, say you're watching the Bay and you really like a character's dress, you like Mary Beth's dress that she's wearing or you like the necklace that someone's wearing, you can click on it and it'll pop up in a thumbnail. And when you click the thumbnail, you're taken directly to the ad to cart where you can buy it. So oh, okay. for the for the for the content owner... It's valuable because they can sell that those pixels to the necklace people. You can say to them, "Look, we're putting on your necklace in our video, and you know, of the ten thousand people watching, there's you know maybe three thousand are going to click on it and going to come to your site, and of those three thousand, maybe six hundred are going to buy your necklace. So we're delivering you six hundred customers. So give us some money for that. So if you multiply that by you know, 30 items in the video, each video, and you multiply it by the number of people that you get watching the video, and you multiply that by the number of times they click on these items, there's some significant revenue. So we are going to be attaching that technology to the bay um, uh, next season and see if uh, this might be a, a way to have the videos generate instant revenue without having to have a lot of advertising and a lot of distractions. This, this will be very integrated into the 
into the entertainment. Now, is this how, uh, uh, yeah, this is a perfect segue to get into Bust Up 31 Productions, uh, basically how this got started with you and your brother. You, you right. Has this been around? Do you've been doing this for six years, Bust Up 31? We've been this? doing this for six years. We, what happened was we, we, we formed a little company to um, investigate where where the sort of uh, nexus of commerce and entertainment goes because we knew that advertising in its old traditional form was in trouble um, because of the ability for the viewer to watch content when and where they please. It was hard to schedule blocks of advertising. This has been the downfall of network television because you used to make money because you knew that five, six million people were going to be watching Friends on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock. So you could then sell the advertising spots on Thursday night at 8 o'clock for, you know, $300,000 because you knew you had this, this particular group of people watching. Well, with TiVo and VCR and online demand and all those other options, people aren't watching on Wednesday, at, uh, Thursday at 8 o'clock. They're watching it whenever they like. So that advertising block became had no value. So they had to find a whole different way of advertising to people um, when and wherever they were watching. So David and I were trying to figure that out and working on little um, little kind of webisodes, actually, like a sort of soap operas that would be product-centric, like uh, Gap or American Eagle. Um, kids would be wearing their clothes and living the sort of American Eagle lifestyle, and we would then put it on the American Eagle website or in their stores. So you'd be right. kind of subtly selling the lifestyle and selling the product. And around that time, we bumped into a technology company that were developing this clickable technology and realized that that was exactly what we were looking for. So we teamed up and have been making different kinds of productions and refining it and repurposing it and, and basically finding a way to bring this into the marketplace. And we are about to launch a show called Coffee Buzz, which I can tell you now because we're about to um, launch it. We, we, we've been a bit shy about the name because there's, uh, we didn't want to get people searching for it before there was something for them to see. Right. Um, but, um, but we're launching it May 1st, um, and it's a sort of online magazine show start with the host, Lisa Coffee, um, who uh, in each episode she takes you through the latest the coolest, the most interesting spin on you know what to do on Father's Day, what to get for Mother's Day, um, uh, how to make a, a downtown loft look like a really comfortable living space. Um, you know, all kinds of different stories, different informational things in these five little five, six-minute informational gobbets, these little webisodes, and everything in them uh, is clickable. So if you like Lisa's dress or you like her earrings or you like the coffee mug that she's using or you like the um, picture frame in the background or you you know, you know like the, the shoes someone's wearing, you just click on them and uh, you can get information. It's not all just selling. You can get information on things. Like we have uh, um, um, in one episode, for instance, there you know in the background there are some there's some kitchen cabinetry. Well, you click on that, and it takes you to a YouTube video about how to make custom cabinets um, on your own. So the the entertainment 
the primary entertainment becomes a a doorway into so much more. It's into extra kind of detailed entertainment or information on the stuff you see or a shopping cart that you can just put things in as you're watching the video. You're just pushing right. your cart through and going, oh, well, let me take a look at that. And I'd like those jeans. And I want to see what that jewelry looks like. And then you just, with one click, you're taken right there to that page. So we're launching it May 1st. We, we think um, that when people see it and understand how it works, and it's pretty self-explanatory, that they will begin to expect that video is interactive. There will come a time pretty quickly when the default will be, I want to click on that video and see who that actor is. I mean, how many times have we seen something going, I know I've seen that actor. I know I've seen him before, but who Right. Well, this now you just click on him and bang, there it is. Oh, of course, that's where I saw him. There's his IMDB page or it's a clip of his latest movie or, you know, whatever we want to send it. So I think there'll come a time when just as we now, with the time of the DVR, we demand that we can pause what we're watching and fast-forward it, I think we're going to demand that we can interact with it and get information from it, <clears throat> in which case, you know, we'll be busy um, weaving our magic on just about everything you see on the Internet, soap right. operas included. I think that's a great idea. I mean, this is this is something that is hugely new to me because... You would never think that if you were ever watching something, you would just click on it and there's something that pops up for like little bits of information right. about something. Right. That you and probably what happens that is, you're probably saying in your head that you want to know. Like you'd like to is. know. Yeah, and it's fun. And because you're generate, there used to be a thing called you know I think they call them pop-ups, and they would just sort of yeah. automatically go bloop bloop, and it was kind of annoying because you didn't get to choose. You know, they'd interrupt your viewing. With this, if if you just want to watch it and not not have anything interrupt you just watch it but if you choose to click your mouse then something will pop up at the side it won't it'll still let you watch the show it'll you don't you it watch it. interrupt okay. it it pops up to the side in a little separate window so you can still watch it uninterrupted but if you choose to go back afterwards you've got all these things saved on the side so now you've finished your little webisode you can now go back and check up on all the things you've clicked on so your your engagement in that uh, content, that entertainment, expands because now you're going to go to the side and you're going to click on all these things that you liked and they're going to give you information and they're going to give you opportunities to buy things. Um, and then you can go back and watch it again if you want. So we, we think that it's a, it's, a, it's a huge win, win, win for everyone. The viewer gets a much more engaging and interesting experience. The um, the merchants get an opportunity to put their wares, their product, in front of you like they would on a shelf in a in a store. And the content owner, the person who's making this entertainment, is able to get in the middle of that and make some commission, some revenue from the interaction between the consumer and the merchant. So everyone gets to win. The, the consumer's experience isn't interrupted, but they have an opportunity to buy cool stuff and get information. The merchant is able to sell stuff during the um, entertainment or just after it, and the content owner is able to make some money to pay for the production. Hmm. That's all, I, I, Like I said, this is coming from a guy that has no idea what goes into the makeup of all that stuff, and it just, it just fascinates me. Yeah. Well, and I'll send you... 
we're going to be doing a we're doing a, a a press launch on the third, I believe it is. So I'll send you. Yeah, it'll be like a kind of um, um, webinar. We're going to send out invitations to this as a sort of live webinar, and then introduce oh, right. the show. So I'll send you a, a invite with a link. <coughs> oh, that'd be perfect. Very, very perfect. Where can we find, for those that want to find the Bust Up 31 Productions website or anything related to that, where can they find it at? The, the bus stop? At busstop31.com. B-U-S-S-T-O-P-31.com. And that will show you, we've got an explanation of what we do, who we are. We've also got a couple of demos that we've done on things, just uh, informal demos. And then um, once we have this show, this new show up, we'll have a link to it from there as well. Oh, that'll be, oh that's great. And then I'll send you uh, uh, an invite to the um, press launch of Coffee Buzz, and you'll then uh, you'll see that um, how that works, and uh, you know spread the word, spread the buzz, spread the buzz, spread indeed. the buzz. It's it, a buzzworthy it, event. <laughs> See how that works out? I know. There you go. It, it just it just amazes me how little little things I just like find when I went to the website. It, it just like dawned on me, even though I thought it years ago, that I wonder if Charles and David Shaughnessy are related. But then I was like, Nah, that's not true. Right. And then you and then you and then I went to the website and then I'm just reading it and I'm going like, They are related. They are brothers. I was like, that's right. awesome. And I. I I knew I grew up with him when he was doing his directing on on the Young and Restless, uh, right. and, and it was just like pretty much kind of like, there's no way over there. It's just like two guys with the same last name. There's no right. way. And then I'm yeah. reading it. I'm reading it up on it. And I'm just like, yikes! They the two are. Brits. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel bad, and then I'm like, oh, gosh, how did I not know this? <laughs> yeah, oh boy. That's us. That is you. I'm. I'm just. It's just amazing. You guys are working together, pulling this off. Uh, you know, I, I think this will be the future, if if not, the future of content on the web for not just soaps, web soaps, anything. Anything. Because yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I think, going to be part of the landscape. You know, I don't think any one thing is going to um, take all the marbles. I think there's going to be a lot of different. Approaches, but I I I I have to believe that this is going to be quite a player because it it just makes sense um, all the way around. So um, we're pretty excited about it. I'm excited to see what happens with it, and especially more as more content most likely will appear. Right. I'm looking right. forward to seeing what what's in store. That's going to be right. great. Right. Exactly. Well, there's you know we've already got a few. Uh, independent producers approaching us or uh, asking us to get involved with them. You know, they have content that they're producing and they want us to um, make it interactive like this. So it's already beginning to happen before even anything is out there. Absolutely. Like I said, send me more info. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what this is all about. And I want to thank you so much for spending time talking to me this morning about this. Right, uh, the bay and uh, everything else, and Annie days. I, I was just like, it's amazing. I, I was like, I'm just like enthralled. Someone on Twitter saying I'm probably gonna have to smoke a cigarette after this episode because uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm not That's kidding. I, I was shout out to Lori from Outtakes Interviews. You had the chance to interview, and I listened to that as well. 
I, I, I cannot deny it. I said, yeah, I think I'm going to have to. There's no way. Right. Well, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we chatted in about it. And tell me, so now, what, how does this um, how does this happen? We, we, it's, it's, a, it's broadcast on buzzworthy.com. Is that how it works? It is broadcast on two sites, actually three. Um, I have it here on blogtalkradio.com slash buzzworthyradio. That's one site. Mm-hmm. The other site that it also airs on is buzzworthyradio.net. Uh-huh. The third way that people are able to listen to my show is downloading off on iTunes. So I'm, I'm oh, cool. I'm I'm pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Would you did you um uh, you, there was a lady uh, that got in touch with you I think Janelle Janelle, Janelle yeah did, did yeah. you send Would you send her that information? I will. Send I, sent her, her I sent her. I sent her part of it. I didn't send her everything, but I did send her part of it. So okay, good. Okay, good. Because uh, she'll then alert all the you know my gang to you know where they can find it and everything. So that's good. Yes, she she did send out stuff where that um, the airing of this and what we just did now will air live. Okay. Tonight, that people will be able to listen to and download from the same link. So right. once that's done airing, they still be able to use that same link to download it after it airs. I would right. say maybe about fifteen minutes afterwards, right. and then it'll get uploaded onto my website, my official website at buzzradio.net, as well as on iTunes later on that same evening. So. So I should uh, I should tweet I should tweet um, which one would you what would what would be the best thing for me to tell people to check out? I would tweet the the blog talk radio one. Blog yeah. talk radio. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Great. There it is. All righty. Perfect. Well, Naval, it's been nice uh, nice talking to you. It was nice chatting with you too, and again, you know, as more stuff comes up, I'd love to have you back on. Absolutely, Matt, yeah, I'll thanks. send you a, a link and an invite for the the third of May. So, um, you know, look out for that. I will look out for that, and I'll make sure that I will rearrange my schedule just so I can be there for it. All right, cool. All <laughs> right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Take care now. Take care. That was our interview with Charles Shaughnessy. You can check out his website of Bus Stop 31 Productions at www.busstop31.com. So it's Bus Stop and then the number 31.com. I want to thank you guys for checking out the show today. It was a pleasure having you listening to the show. We're going to be back on Thursday, I think. Thursday. Check my schedule. Yeah, it's Thursday at... Oh, jeez. I can't remember what time I'm supposed to be on. Ah, that's awful. Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, 7.30 a.m. Pacific with executive producer Jonathan Shapiro from the Paul Reiser Show. And I know that there have been a lot of people that have been requesting that we do a show in regards to the soap cancellations so you guys get to vent about uh, what has happened, what's been going on with, with with your subs and what you've been doing, as well as the fact that Hoover pulled out ad money uh, because of the cancellations of the subs. So I think we can try to get that done on Friday. I'll let you know the time that we set that up in. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. But we'll be back on Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. I'm the Bell J. Lee, making sure you get the latest buzz on Buzzworthy Radio. We'll see you guys on Thursday.
can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.